Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, it's the Swole Patrol, the best podcast about fitness and BE. Super buff, our guest today is James Preston Rogers. He has three names because he's fucking huge. He's the size of an elephant and he has muscles coming out of his muscles. He even has a buff face. I don't know how you train your face, but this man has done it and he's six foot eleven. Nice. Uh, that was nice. That was oh, nice. And pretty much describes the situation we're in. Greatest, uh, greatest, it is. Greatest intro I've ever had. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, man. Fantastic. I appreciate thank that. Uh, the show, people, is on fire. It is the Swole Patrol podcast. If you like the show, please tell others. Uh, give us a five-star like on that their iTunes. We would really appreciate it. And, of course, subscribe if you like. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Mike Catherwood. Dr. Drew is at Dr. Drew. And uh, the Swole Patrol is at Swole Patrol Pod. At First Lady of Love is the one and only producer of said show, um, at First Lady of Love. So you can send her all the negative feedback because I can't take it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, my ego just uh, cannot take it. Uh, five minutes of your time can make a, a huge difference for us. We really appreciate it. So like I said, you know, go and uh, give us those five-star Reviews. If you you know if you believe in the show, I don't want you to lie. If you if you like it, and I hope you do, go to drdrew.com/survey. That's drdrew.com/survey. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show, and you can take that survey there. It is not long. It is not extensive. We really do appreciate it. Uh, join the email list today on drdrew.com and send your questions at drdrew.com/contact. Use hashtag swole so we know what you be talking about our guest today as i introduced is a huge person uh both personality and in size this man is big mm-hmm. i'm not i'm i don't know i, I really can't oversell this can i dr <laughs> no, Drew? I don't think this so. is a gigantic human being <laughs> no. and uh, we are very excited to welcome actor james preston rogers hello sir thank you for having me dude it's our pleasure great it really is awesome um james and i were in a film together yeah that's i that's mean that's how we met kind of where your your paths cross you guys were in bob saget's uh film benjamin Benjamin. Yeah, and we uh, met again at the premiere the other night in the Beverly Hills uh, Film Festival. And that was uh, wow, quite a gathering. There was quite some talent there to check out and support Bob, Benjamin. Yeah. And, and even people that weren't in the film, it's a heavy talent. And everyone's like, I support Bob, support Bob. If Bob asked yeah. me, I'm coming. It's like, everyone loves Bob. Oh, Bob Saget's a really nice guy. Beautiful yeah. human being, yeah. yeah. So giving, so generous. I mean, uh, uh, directing, he was just... He knew what he wanted, man. And it was really good to work with someone who has that many years uh, on on the set. Yeah. Just describe the, the character you play. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> character I played. I played a, a semi-pro hockey player uh, with a Russian accent, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was um, uh, Perry Gilpin. She played Roz on Fraser for many many. Months. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I meet her. We got signed on 24 hours uh, before we had to go to we had to go to camera the next day, and I. I got the call, like, okay, we're going to go with you. Great, here's your, here's the, um, here's the script. So I'm going through and reading my stuff. I'm like, who's, who's playing Marley? They're like, oh, we don't know yet. <clears throat> and Marley has soliloquy after soliloquy after page oh, after page. Man. They haven't even booked her yet. Like, oh, we, we got uh, the girl that played Ross, uh, Perry Gilpin. She's going to come play. I'm like, wow, she's got a lot 
a lot to do. We get there the next day. She's verbatim. She's word for word. Wow. She has emotion. She's deep. I'm like, wow. Like we just really, really brought it. And I was, I was very impressed uh, watching her performance and, and, and honored enough to share the screen with her. Uh, basically, I played her. Uh, uh, she kind of left the family. She's you know traveling the world, and I was her boyfriend at the time. You know, uh, uh, like I said, she uh, throws and, him away to go back to Saturday. Yeah, she she dumps me again for Bob. So that was a little traumatizing. How but, many? Uh, how many beautiful <laughs> muscular men have been dumped? for box I mean, it's an age old tale we're gonna start it we're gonna start a group man we're gonna start a group <laughs> uh i listen I, i'm just speculating here and if i'm totally off and i offend you go ahead and uh punch me in the face but a guy like you uh at your size and you know like, like with your build and everything you got going on oftentimes you get into hollywood stuntman first then you get in front of the camera and, and they realize you actually got some acting chops is that what yeah, that's correct. When I first started getting into acting, um, people were like, you're either going to be an actor or you're going to be a stunt guy. Choose. A lot of my friends pick stunt. It's quick money. It's money right but away. But it's tough work. It, it is tough work. You've got to be willing to take the hit, take the bump. I've done stunt work. Uh, I, I've stunt, I stunt myself. Mm. Um, but I chose the road a little, little less traveled. I wanted to be an actor. I, luckily enough... Uh, and like my second scene I ever did in my life was with Tom Selleck. It's on my demo reel. It's mm. on online, and uh, and I watched that. I watched the, I watched it playback. It was on CBS. He actually used that clip on the Regis and Kelly show to pitch the show. And it was like my I've had like two acting classes, and I watched me and Tom. I'm like, wow, I can actually do this. Yeah, <laughs> like I can actually like I can do this. this. Is the first thing that I've done. Like like I looked heavily trained. I look like I know what I'm doing. I'm like, oh my god, and I just fell in love with people. Like, hey, you're like a lot of congratulations, and it was. It was a really good feeling for me, you know. And then, and then you get in, and you dive into classes, then you dive into scripts, and you, and you start peeling the onion. And, and man, it's just so much. It's just so rewarding of an industry for me. Like I played college basketball, and um, I, I, I really had to work to get to that level. Um, I would had a hoop on my driveway. I practiced every night. I played in three different leagues, and, and I was I made all star. Was I was good, but there was always some guy in the gym that just kind of came and screwed around. He was he was better than I was, and yeah. it's like, and that's what acting kind of is for me. I kind of stumbled into it. And I was just like, man, I watch this stuff play back and I get these auditions and I just turn them around. And it's, it's, it's the only thing I've, I've really kind of been good at, you know, and, yeah. and it's, it's very rewarding for me. Um, sometimes it's difficult to get casted because of my size. Um, you know, they try to eat, if I stand beside a lead, like a, a Tom Cruise or someone of that nature, like Ron Perlman told me, we did Outlander uh, many moons, like 2008 together. And he says, you're going to have a hard time in this industry. I said, why? He's like, your size. He says, do you think Tom Cruise is going to stand you beside him in his film? He's a big guy too, though, Ron, right? You'd think so. Yeah, no, he, lo- not, he right? plays big, but like, I, I'm tall, so unfortunately when you shoot uh, the frame, like I'm almost out of frame a little bit. I had another thing with um, me and um, Tom, um, Tom Selleck were hanging out one night, and he was telling me that his first job he played on The Fall Guy with Colt Sievers. He yeah. says... So he comes in, they stand him on an apple box, he falls off. So Tom's like, <laughs> so it's like, needs to say next day they didn't call me back. He says, you're going to have a difficult time. And I've been 16 years in this business. I got about 40 movie credits under my belt. So if you think about, it takes roughly about 10 auditions to book something. So I've got about 400 auditions under my belt. I've got 16 years. So I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for, I'm ready for, the, for something to, to come down. And, and things are happening now. Um, now I'm at the point where I don't have to play everything. Uh, Benjamin was a great, great script. They got a lot of really good talent to come in there because it was a, it was a well told story, and that's you want to attach yourself to, to, to pieces that move you, and they're going somewhere. I've gone to the days where I just signed up and did everything. He reminds me of our, our friend Tate Fletcher, a yeah, bit. or even Keith. Keith Sardine doesn't act though, does he? 
He's a stuntman. Is he? <laughs> stuntman. I, I was in a movie with Keith Jardine. Uh, we had a fight scene in the octagon. He, he killed me. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> I came in, he dum dum dum, and but, I was doing but, <laughs> but, but Tate was a stuntman who started acting. Right. right. To, well, that, to yeah. get back to your question, I apologize. I kind of I go off. It's know. all good. No, man. <laughs> um, Listen, there's nothing worse. I'd much rather have people go on 11 tangents than give one word answers. You yeah, know, that's yeah. uh, if you want to talk, talk all you want. <laughs> I can give a shit what you talk okay. about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just decided, and I did, I did some WWE training as well. Like, I did judo when I was a kid, and I did some Greco Roman. Well, maybe we should do a little judo here, you, you and. Uh, did you do judo? Fuck James. you! <laughs> I thought you said judo was all about leverage. It matter how big the guy yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, th- there's very little leverage I can do at 5'10. <laughs> what? I, all that talk you've been telling me about leverage, 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 and here it is. Yeah, I'm talking. Chance to prove it to yeah, me. Yeah, I could deal with like a like a two inch advantage, <laughs> or maybe twenty pound difference. There's no leverage that deals with a hundred pound difference. <laughs> Asshole. That's <laughs> uh, so good. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah. So I had opportunities to do stunt work, and I just I just basically stunt my own character uh, in Frontier. Uh, I did Jason Momoa. Uh, it's on Netflix season two. I got to I got a chance to do my own stunts, uh, and the production don't want you to do that. And Jason's like, maybe you shouldn't do that. You might get you might get hurt. And what if you can't do the dialogue? And I mean. Yeah. I've been rolling since I was a kid, and you know, you know, I just, I'm just active. I'm just that kind of guy, and and, I, and it, it's good. Like I could do stunt work, but then the casting directors are not going to call in stunt guys to read heavy dialogue, right? Yeah, you know, because you're you're typecast. Oh, he's a stunt guy. Next, yeah. And I have my, a lot of my friends are great actors, and they're they're uh, back home in Toronto where I where I started, um, and they. Is that where you played basketball? Was up there too? Yeah, yeah, I played college for Sheridan College. I played college ball up there, um, and that's what happened to them. I, I mean. The great actors uh, took all the classes, can really deliver dialogue, but won't get the chance because they have 59 stunt credits, so they won't call them in. So I, I did have to pass. I starved for a few years doing the Chasing the Dream, um, yeah. but it's finally starting to pay off. I got a great support system and my wife over there, my beautiful Elsa. Hey, sweetie. And my pop back home in Toronto, he's, he's super cool. I mean, when I first started acting, he was a little bit like... How much you get paid? I'm like, well, this was a, this is a this is like an indie film, Dad. So I didn't get paid. So he was it was a hard sell. My dad's a 40 hour overtime kind of guy, right? Um, but he's bought into the dream now, and uh, and and he's with it with me, man. So it just took some time to get here, and uh, and, and finally things are starting to pay off. I, I you're you're speaking a language I can at least understand. I'm not you know an actor, uh, but I'm married to one, and her father was uh, a physician. And, you know, worked crazy hours and, and everything was mathematical. He's a man of science. And so the idea that you would just go a year without working, but you try really hard. So, <laughs> yeah, and and, and you do something just because it's good work, but it's not paying a lot. It doesn't make – was there ever a time where – I mean, I, you said there was like these hard nights and, and these times, these really lean years or a year at least where you were putting in the work and not getting anything in return. Was there those moments where you're like, maybe I should listen to my dad? I could go back and get some pretty good work as yeah, the blank. Um, yeah, there, there, there's all, yeah. I mean, even today, I still check in. I mean, when you go long enough without working, you're like, did I make the right career move? Like, you know, I got a wife now, or looking to have some children. I'm like, you know, um, I still look back and you, you still care. But I mean, anything else to me is is I don't want to say work, but I mean, it, this is I can only get this feeling when I'm on set. I'll explain it. You know, you're married to an actress. Yeah. Some guy writes a story, turns into a script. There's got to be a part in that script for you. You got to go audition it and beat 20 other guys out to get on that. And they got to go hair, make a wardrobe, then you get to work with the other people. You have the script and you and you see your interpretation. The writer has his, the director has his, and they all come together and you make this thing that's on this screen. It's like a, you're a piece of something. I, and I, I really, I can only get that feeling. You can only get the between action and cut. You have to earn that. You can't buy your way onto set. I can't cheat my way onto set. 
uh, you can get anything for a dollar. Uh, you can pay money and get any, any kind of fix you want, any kind of rush, any kind of sensation, except getting on set. You have to earn that. You've got to beat people out. You've got to have that character. got to look like you. you gotta, it's, it's, it's a real thing, man. When the director says, action, and it's all quiet, and you're delivering it. It's almost like a matrix for me. Things slow down, and I'm in this moment with, with the other actress or actor, and it's just a beautiful thing, and I can't get that feeling anywhere else. Man, I really can't. So for me, I mean... Yeah, would I could I do something else? It's 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 so past the money for me now. It's just this I have to do it. This know? is this is we're sort of drifting away from Swell Patrol, sort of. Sorry, arena. but but listen, but it, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but it fascinates me because it makes me think about uh, what Jack Lemmon used to say about. Do you ever read stuff about what he would do? No, what he did. He he would. People just would describe him. He would say something before every take, like it's it's magic time. It's time to make magic or something. He had this one phrase he would say, like "Let's go have fun." You That's know, what I say before I fuck. I know. That's, <laughs> was that was that magic? Yeah, it's magic time. Magic My time. wife laughs, and then and it's over. And then I disappoint, <laughs> and then I give but, thirty seconds. But you ought to read about his little process because it was it it feels like the way you describe what you're yeah. experiencing. Yeah. So it's yeah, and, kind of interesting. And this thing oh, back back to training, back to Swole Patrol. I mean, I always went to the gym and and I would put a spin on things like I'm training. Like, hey, what are you training for? And I'm like, well, life, you know, I'm just training. <laughs> As opposed to saying I'm working out because yeah. you want to go to work. So I'm always, I put a spin on I'm training. Uh, 25 years later, here I am. It's paying off. I'm doing film that I've loved. So I didn't know that I was training for this the whole time. And uh, Well, that's an interesting little psychological shift we've never talked about in working out versus training. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, mean, I always call it training. No, I no. do will say something. Yeah, no, I, it, you should. And I think you should if you're actually training. A lot of people call it training, but they're not. They're exercising. I'm not. I'm exercising. Different. I'm exercising. Exercising yeah. is sweating. But but I know? but I feel like training in a sense I'm I'm using my personally I'm using my time as sort of it's meditative and it's Produ- you know, productive. Like it's ex- productive. Exercise it's, almost sounds like work to me. Exercise I think sweating, I think aerobics, twenty minute work, I'm thinking work. Training, I'm like you're training for something. It's like you're training, you're yeah, you're bettering yourself. It's, also, it's yeah. also with sort of swole pistol style, you're 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 incrementally trying to Outdo yourself a little bit. You're yeah. always, always trying to do a little better, even though you may not. You're just trying. You know? Well, and you were saying, James, like, oh, I, we're getting away from from Swole Patrol, but not in reality. I mean, because a lot of people they'll hit me up on Twitter and they'll say, <clears throat> I, I listen because I lo- I love you and Doctor Drew, but I I'm not into weightlifting or I'm not into fitness. I'm not into powerlifting. I'm not into bodybuilding. And I was like, well, that that's definitely not my goal with the podcast. I wanted it to be about overall health, and mm-hmm. that includes emotional and psychological. Oh yeah, and believe me i don't have to tell you i'm sure there was a lot of psychological damage and a lot of built up emotional strength when you got turned down from your 39th audition oh yeah on your way to maybe getting the 40th you yeah know what i'm saying sure. oh i mean uh, yeah, yeah when i first got in the business of getting they don't tell you you didn't get the job like you go for a job interview they call you back well we're gonna go another way okay mm-hmm. thank you they don't tell you in this you audition you're like like a month later, like maybe, maybe, maybe I'll get called tomorrow. But it's the next day that you don't get it. Yeah. But what, what really happens for me was is that I was really skinny growing up. I was um, tall. I was like I was five foot ten in grade grade ten, um, going into grade eleven. So the summer of grade ten. So you get out uh, what June? So July and August. I was five foot ten. I came back six foot four. Holy mackerel! Yeah, that's half an inch a week for eight weeks. So I had growing pains, my hips, my knees. I was, right. um, so I was really skinny. And I have this one girl, I have this memory in my head. I come back and I'm so tall and skinny. This girl looks at me and she says, you know what? If you went to the gym, you'd really be something. Meaning 
I'm nothing right now. So <laughs> I just constantly, so I went to the gym, compound movements, eat as much food as I can. <laughs> and I'm playing basketball at the time too, so I'm running all the time. And you're trying to put weight on. It wasn't until I stopped playing basketball and you know not stopped running so much that the weight started finally coming back on. But uh, yeah, I was skinny, and to have the, you know, I still have, I still look in the mirror, see the ugly, not ugly, awkward 14 year old kid looking back at me, all skinny and scrawny. I know when I step on the scale, I know when get reactions from you guys. I know I'm a big guy, but I still see. Uh, a bony little kid looking back at me when right. I look in the mirror, so that keeps me motivated, keeps me going to the gym. Mm. And it's but it's it's hard to kind of keep that healthy because you don't want to make it, you don't want to distort it too much because totally. Oh, again. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've talked to you know in both directions. I talk to guys that are two eighty, and you know they a thousand milligrams of test a day, you know, you know hundred IU's of growth a day, and they're shredded and they they still see that yeah. scrawny little weakling. In the opposite direction, I can't tell you how many girls I talk to that are that are way too thin, and they say like I still see that fat girl. In yeah, I'm gonna come back to what you said about the, it's about the the health in between the years. Like there was a time there I wouldn't I wouldn't chew gum. I ate the same meals for three years. I didn't want to spike my insulin. I was super shredded, but that was okay for me. Like I didn't mind. I didn't want the pizza. I wanted the, I wanted the abs down to my knees, and and I had that. And then I've been the other side. I've been big and heavy, and like just a big football player, really strong in the gym, lifting, and I've done that. But for me now, I'm happy with going to the gym, training, and I have I enjoy some pizza with the wife because that's yeah. cool for me. It's about this too, as long as that is fine and Your healthy. Head. Yeah, because you don't want to get because the brain is the most powerful thing in the universe that we know of, and all of us, each one of us, own one. It can spiral you down into into addiction, into like self destruction, or it can spiral you the other way into something beautiful. So I. I just make sure that the brain is healthy and, and everything else will fall into place. Hey, how did you arrive at that point where you're, you have a real balanced and, and, and kind of healthy approach? Because uh, even, even more so as someone who's in front of the camera, I would imagine the temptation is to get into an unhealthy, by any means necessary, I have to look a certain way kind of attitude. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think good upbringing. I, I was lucky. I was uh, I was loved a lot as a child. <laughs> you know, uh, I, what? That's <laughs> unheard of. I got a, I got a great wife. I got a good group of friends. I, I've kept around me for for a number of years, and um, you just keep things in 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 uh, perspective, so to yeah. speak. You know, I, I, I know. I just you just know what's healthy. You know what's you know what's right. You know what's wrong morally. You know, yeah. you know what's morally right and morally wrong. So you just pretty much tote the line yourself and. I'm just happier this way. This is just how I'm happier, you know. I'm just happy this way, uh, keeping the brain uh, clean and enjoying enjoying my wife. And, and I think it's just coming into place. It's a beautiful time in my life. Do you live in Southern California? Yeah, I live in Hollywood. Yeah, right by the look at the sign every day. Because I'm from Toronto, Canada, so it's yeah. been the dream to come down here. But the thing about me is I'm Canadian, so you have to get a green card. Uh-huh. You can't just come down here. And you have to prove that you're a professional actor or a yeah. professional something. So I went through all the paperwork and all the lawyering. So I finally got my green card. I'm here, uh, chasing the dream. Yeah, and, and and you know the greatest country in the world, man. So uh, we're gonna we're staying, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful time in my life, man. It's, this is a long time coming, and uh, it's 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 beautiful. It feels great, man. Uh, and your wife's name is Elsa. Yeah. How how hard was it when uh, Frozen came out? Because your, <laughs> your name yeah. probably just got a whole new. It just like a whole new light got shined on you. Because huh? I had never heard the, the name Elsa before I met her. I thought, you know, Elsa, it's not like an old, like, German grandmother, right? <laughs> but she's definitely not. She's like Hansel uh, and Gretel. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. But, uh, yes, um, yeah, we get along great. We're both here. Uh, she's actually Mexican. Uh, I met her back home in Toronto. She was there visiting a friend. I was working the door. Bada boom, bada bing. Here we are, uh, six years married now. I've known wow. her for 10. Yeah, That's great. great Elsa, was that the, that, that uh, Kristen Bell's character, or is that the uh, other one? Yeah. yeah, she was that one. 
I don't, like, I I do, I don't see, know. I, I was not. We my kids had grown up by the time Frozen came around. So oh I, yeah, your kids were already in college. Yeah, so I have <laughs> all the Disney films up to like you know ninety seven, ninety eight, yeah. and then cut off. You're you're a Aladdin kind of uh, area, uh, yeah. just no uh, probably Hunchback Aladdin, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. I I have to. I'm right. My daughter my daughter turns four tomorrow, so. Uh, Elsa is big. That's oh. a very, 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 very <laughs> big deal. Why don't you get her to talk to Chris and call uh, Shepard? It's not that Dax easy. Shepherd. No, I could easily get her to talk to Dax. Is Barney, <laughs> is Barney around still for kids or no? Yeah, it, like it is. That, you know what Nick does now? Uh, Nick and um, uh, Disney Channel, they do a lot of – they'll show the new stuff and then they'll mix in like retro. Wow. Like they're a lot, I'll get you know the brand new stuff. The Paw Patrol gets mixed in with um, uh, Blue's Clues. Or like the Teletubbies and Barney gets a it's because all that in. stuff still works. Yeah, I mean, it works. It you works. can't beat it. Can't, can't beat it. Beat it um, what's your training like now? I mean, because uh, I, I would imagine there's actually there's a lot of benefit to being your size, but it's prohibitive. I mean, it's probably hard to squat or you know do certain movements at six foot. What are you six six? Uh, yeah, like that? six six. Yeah, six, really six, makes yeah. it hard to do the movements. No, um, it can. I just to, well, I, how I, high the higher the center of gravity. <clears throat> It makes it different, but you don't have, do you have knee problems or anything? I played basketball yeah. and pro wrestled, but you know, I I wouldn't say I got problems. I'm aware that they're there, and I've used them to this point. But So um, the WWE, is that what the... Yeah, I train with the WWE. I train down in the, the Deep South, which is their training facility. Um, but it's just it's a different it's a different thing. I mean, you get instant adulation. You hit a guy with your finishing move, and it's pop. That's uh, just so, so much different than, 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 than the film and oh, TV sure. for me. It's yeah. just... It is, but it, we're starting to see. Like it used to be unheard of. I mean, uh, The Rock was really the exception to the rule. I mean, people like yeah, Hulk Hogan acted, but no one ever did. That's now the, we're really starting to see like himself. like these guys. It's really difficult. That's showmanship on a nightly level. On a nightly level, you got to go in and you got to perform at a high level. Okay, yeah, think about it. You got to develop your own character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you got to do it all in one take. In front of the most unforgiving audience known to man, so you're, doing your, own, you're yeah. doing your own stunts in your underwear, and at the end of it all, when you're out of breath, they throw you a mic. Oh, let me tell you something, kids. I mean, dude, you're doing it all on a live live feed, and then pack up and do it again the next night in the next city. What? Uh, no off season, all year round. This is a a, a, a dark question. Our dear friend is the Iron Sheik. Oh yeah, well the Iron Sheik. Uh, not he's not our dear friend. He's my Lord and Savior. <laughs> I love him. You know, he we put, share our birthday. My, he put my picture back up on his Instagram or his, his, his uh, Twitter. Yeah. As he should. As he should. As he, As he should. should. He, uh, we share a birthday, the Iron Sheik. Really? So every year I get a, a nice text. You know? Nice. You respect the legend, Jabroni. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this is a dark question, but I think one it, it, it bears asking, and, you know, with Dr. Drew here, and I'm, I'm an addict myself. Um, what world is more riddled with addiction? The world of WWE or the world of Hollywood? Because I, I, they're both is kind of that, that folklore of there being uh, yeah. addiction. Well, uh, yeah, you could, I mean, pick your poison. I think they're both riddled uh, to an extent. I mean, uh, with the wrestling, you're always injured. So there's guys looking for, oh, I need... I need pills for the pain. Right. Ah, uh, jeez, I can't sleep. I got a match and tomorrow I got to sleep. I can't wake up. I... So there's a little more reason. Yeah. Uh, as, as maybe guys in Hollywood are having more fun with it. Uh, I think it's still an addiction, and I think uh, there's just, they're just, they're just better reasons in the WWE and pro wrestling to say, hey, I need it for that. I got to perform. I can't do it without it. Oh, okay. As opposed to being in Hollywood, hey, you're at a party, and, or I can't sleep that night and stuff like that. So I think I, – I, I, where is there more? I don't know. There's definitely, it's definitely in both, but I don't know where more would be. 
Uh, to come back to your question, um, stunt guy acting. Yeah, exactly. And that's the time I got into that's the time I got into pro wrestling. I did Tom Selleck's uh, movie of the week called Sea Change. I did Outlander with Ron Perlman. I just started acting. WWE got a hold of me. I'd been I'd been in the independent circuit for four years, and they had got a hold of me and said, "Come down and, and train with us." Great. So I go on a train with them, and a couple guys are like, "Hey, I said, when you're in the Outlander film, I'm like yeah." And I was trying to do this, and Dwayne, sorry, The Rock at the time had just done Tooth Fairy. Um, you can't Hulk, handle the tooth. I Hulk, remember that was the slug line. <laughs> Hulk Hogan didn't really pan out as an actor. Roddy Piper a little bit, and so people was like, "You're going the wrong way here. You know, you're, you've already been in film." And then I'm like. I'm going to be seen like a stunt guy. And there wasn't any wrestlers really doing it. At the time, I knew I could act. I've done this stuff with Tom and, and Braun, and I know I could do this. So I, I had to kind of get out of my contract with them. And, uh, and luckily, they let me they go. They were cool about it. Yeah. yeah, and I went the road less traveled. I've been auditioning, 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 auditioning. Now I see all the wrestlers getting the push. Edge has got some stuff. I mean, Edge both read for Vikings. Uh, they went with him for Cattile Flattenose in, in season five. Uh, he's got more followers and all that than I do, obviously. So I took the long way around. But yeah. I got more tools in my work belt now, and I'm I'm very confident in, in what I in what I bring to a set. So I'm I'm really happy, and I'm at I'm at a beautiful place in my life, man. I've been lucky enough to interview Ron Perlman, you know, in, in on the radio. Great dude, great. Uh, very cool guy. So Seemingly cool. very down so to earth cool. for considering you know the life he's led. He he could very easily not be. Yeah. Um, did he give you any words of encouragement that kind of kept you kept you going in the dark times? He said to me this, and it stuck in my head. Take the high road. The snakes can't get you there. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, with so, his voice too it yeah. probably sounded amazing so I'm just always yeah and you know I came back down to LA we reconnected again he got me in uh, a meeting with his um, over at Gersh agency um, we didn't end up signing with Gersh but he, he opened some doors for me he's a great great human being another one him and him and uh, Bob Saget both can't say enough Bob Saget is a very weird man in that <laughs> he's and this is me talking Drew he's fucking gross uh, but he's the nicest like really like the kindest really a uh, very well-adjusted guy. I mean, I don't I, know how you do that. If but anybody, he's could fucking be, very gross. If anybody could be like an asshole, like yeah. sh- it could be, you know. Oh sure, Saget. But he's so not. I just find yeah. him so generous on set. He's so giving. It's with his time and his energy, and it's just like, man, you could be a real jerk, but you're not. You know, yeah. I really had to hold hold him in high regard after that. After I, I worked with him, for I sure. rarely meet people who enjoy talking pussy as much as I do. But <laughs> oh, Saget does. Oh yes, I've never had. <coughs> but yet at the same time, he evidently is. James hasn't either. We're <laughs> looking at you like really, oh, really. Yeah. Bob's a, Bob's a, Bob's. A nice I've heard. Guy. I've I saw his rendition of the Aristocrats. Did you? Did he, oh, he threatened. Well, if you he. He, he did a little presentation before the film. We went, we went to this filming at the Beverly Hills Film Festival. And if you notice, he's threatened to tell the joke, the arist- aristocrats. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was on the film, the aristocrats, oh. and you need to see that film. It's, it's all comedians it. telling this one joke over and over again. Oh, wow. And Bob is the filthiest. <laughs> by far. He's Would a filthy say? man, but yeah. yet, like, like I said, he's also he's like such a great yep. A Well, human that's being. what's so crazy about it. And yeah. I didn't know he was that filthy until I saw the aristocrats. And he's I was that like, filthy. oh, my God. <laughs> did you see him on uh, Entourage? I've s- he, he played a character on HR that was like you know coke fiend uh, I did see that I and did. I'm so used to seeing him on Full House and I watched it I was like I love that I, I love the idea of the counter counter, was, counter yeah. type I love that so then I'm thinking is that really the real Bob Saget I'm like, no, oh, no. So no, no, no 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 the no, dichotomy of modern man there it is, is what it is there our it guest is. Uh, James Preston Rogers uh, I actually have some uh, email questions if Let's uh, do it. we could dive into this from Emma. It's a good question. It's a dark one, but it's a good one. What is the best way to deal with compulsive eating and stress-induced sugar binges, similar to reward center needing a hit? Right. Well, we talked. Uh, we've talked in previous podcasts about uh, eliminating carbs. 
I don't know if you have to do this, but I have to do it. So, and for me, I can relate very strongly to the reward and addictive quality of carbohydrates. I mean, I, I'm here to testify. testify. Uh, so I, if I were her, I would advise, you know, the, like, look at that anabolic diet. That's what you got me to do. Yeah. I was very resistant because, A, I didn't want to give my carbohydrates, and B, I'm like, eh, I've tried everything. But, uh, I'm telling you something. Do this for real. It's pretty simple. Just meat, meat and eggs and uh Eat, eat more fat, eat more protein, eat no carbs or, or starches, and it's rather remarkable how all that reward stuff sort of settles. Yeah, the body recenters, realigns yeah. itself. Yeah, it readjusts. It's yeah. crazy. Taste buds change, cravings change. Yeah, it's un. I mean, it's uncanny. Well, I mean, that's why we. Mark, Mark Bell and I were like, it's weird, isn't it? We both were like, yeah. it's just bizarre. But well, it is. and it's why we've gotten gotten along for a couple million years, and we've managed <laughs> to remain at the top of the food chain. The human body's wildly adaptive i mean adaptive in general yeah yeah Yeah. and uh if you can really i mean through it for a little bit if we if we if we were right now we're in a state of relative famine and couldn't get animal meats bread would be a good source of calorie yeah and and we would use it appropriately in that setting that's not the condition we're in right now right right and uh you know that's that that you pointed that out i was listening to steve maxwell um talk about different cultures on earth because he's a guy who lives out of a hockey bag and travels the world and sees all these different fitness cultures and he said you, the one thing you learn when you get to see people in the plains of africa and then go to the czech republic the night a night later and do se- fitness seminars in each um there's ripped cultures that subs- ripped like ripped to shredded. the bone they're completely shredded and some of them live on on starchy roots, and some of them live on completely animal-based diets. The others, and, and to be fair, some of them have certain genetic heritages that are they're they're endemic to that locality. Yeah, so they're already already adjusted genetically, not just in in real time in one's life adjusting to the environment. This is a genetic heritage that's adapted to those particular eating styles. Totally. Here's another question: What's from, your uh, ethnicity? Uh, my dad's from Ireland, my mom's from England, and I'm Canadian. <laughs> no, but you must be Nordic or something. Uh, right? Well, my dad, my dad's Irish, like they're Irish, English. Yeah, yeah. so it could be, you know, it's like a Highlander. Yeah. Could be something yeah. of badass. That well, Highland it goes, warrior. it goes Scottish, North, you know, Nordsman. That's where they came from. It's the yeah. next step, it's like a softball throws away. As far <laughs> as like an, from an evolutionary sense, <laughs> uh, this is from Tom. Uh, I'm, I believe this is aimed at you, Doctor Drew, because I don't have a son. Uh, you mentioned on KBC that your son was on the heavy side when he was young. My 11-year-old son is healthy and active but overweight. Did your son grow out of it? I don't want to give him an eating disorder but concerned about his weight and social issues yeah, with that. It's great a very, questions. Yeah, it's, great those are really dicey questions. I, I think all you can do is encourage uh, sports and athletics, work, you know, healthy exercise activities and healthy eating. And just encourage yeah. he's got He's got to come to it on his own. Yeah, and healthy encouragement. Yeah, yeah, not not intrusion. Yeah. So like supportive, loving, yeah. you know, not not it's so hard because we. I mean, we. How many times have we gotten that question about a, a romantic partner? You know, my wife's getting or my well, husband it's, getting. except it's a little different with kids because yeah. your anxiety will get picked up by the kid right. and 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 transferred in their mind to I'm impaired. There's something wrong with me. So your anxiety, you've got to keep within your own body boundary and not let it leak out into your kid. Mm. It's got to be about the child, not about you and your anxiety. Just keep, just keep it flat. Is it with everything? Parenting, parenting. Get yourself out of it. You need to be out of it. Totally. Yeah. It's it's so hard though. Like, I mean, I don't have to deal with that. Luckily, my daughter's only four. I mean, so how much can you really? Yeah. Because I can lead by example. I mean, I don't eat sweets and I eat very healthy and I don't have any neg- really bad habits. I don't drink and I don't smoke. Blah blah. blah. 
But your uh, kid will do the opposite. Talk about that? your penis a lot. Yeah, talk I do. about your penis a lot. <laughs> Not that much in front of her. She likes to, <laughs> she likes to talk her. about my penis. Oh, very, that's She awesome. likes to talk about my penis. I thought you talked about her like, vagina. She's like, uh, Dad, Bedima. Bedima. She's like, Dad, it wasn't a very long swim. I remember your penis. <laughs> 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 she, she she likes to talk about her bedima. And oh, uh, I, can't, I, I can't avoid letting her know that her bedima bugs me. You know, like, and so I I can say all the words I want, but she said, like you pointed out, senses my anxiety about it. So what she does, doubles down. Yeah, she she gets butt naked. She gets butt naked. She starts tugging on it. She's like, Papa, look at my pajama. And I'm like, No, no, it's ah. Hopefully, she grows out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, Before for for Department of Social Services, he lives in Venice, California. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but she, uh, when I say she likes to talk about mine, I don't mean. She just likes – she is fascinated yes. that IP standing up, yeah. Oh, yeah. that mine comes out and hers goes in. She thinks that's just the coolest thing in the whole wide Speaking world. Speaking of which, man, we are all over the place today. But <laughs> in, in terms that. of gender play, <clears throat> I think that's what – I'm going to switch to Stern Show for a second here. Sure. I think that's what Ronnie's stuff is about. He, he likes being he – he's tantalized by – Well, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. I know that's getting off in the weeds, but I we, we like to talk about, a com, like I say, comprehensive health. Yeah. Sexual health yeah. is something that we don't deal with often enough, I yeah. don't think, yeah. on the show. Yeah. And you were talking about a guy who is not – people think like, oh, if you put stuff in your butt, you're gay. We're talking about Rod of the limo driver now. I couldn't disagree more. Yep. I, I think that just he's hypersexual. He's hypersexual. He's looking for intensity. And in my experience, guys that do that tend to be hypermasculine. Yeah. That tends to be my experience. My question is, as someone who suffers from that, I think I'm hypersexual and I try my best to regulate it. Yeah. but. If you're within the boundaries of a healthy relationship, yeah. so I'm not going out and getting hookers, I'm not yeah. cheating. Yeah. How far is too far in in your in, appendix? In in, in <laughs> 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 I didn't mean literally. It's very funny, Drew. It's very funny. Every yeah, once in a while. Uh, <laughs> how far is too far to As Adam will say when indulge. I say something like that, they go, keep using that mind for good. <laughs> yeah. Every <laughs> once in a while, Drew. It's like dime for scale or nickel right, for scale. That right. was your I would think until someone gets uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. If you're in a healthy relationship and you guys are pushing each other's buttons, I think until someone has the uh, but it's the but safe it, word. But maybe. it's hard though. You can kind of if it's a slow incremental slide, you can you can. As long right. as you're both adjusting, I think that I think that you know, as long as you're both adjusting with the slide. Mm-hmm. He's saying where is the, where is there? I don't think there is a line. If you're both consenting adults and you're both in a healthy relationship, I think all all is fair. As everybody's having a good time. Yeah. Then my prostate's well, back. It, it's it's, <laughs> a, back it's a little bit. I tell you where it, I I'm thinking about Jason Ellis right now when, oh, I, when yes. I address this. And and then I think about you because Jason and Mike are addicts, and when you start cutting and things like oh, that, that's okay. so extreme. And you're then you're, you're having euphoric recall yeah. and stuff. Then I get worried. Yeah, so that, I think that that was more along the lines. Of my yeah. question is that you know that's a perfect example. It's like I how far is as long as I'm. When, when I'm he he had, he went to a dark area there with the cutting at one point. I called him up and said, "Dude, are you okay?" Yeah, and he was upset that I called him. But I could see that <laughs> like in my desire to continually stimulate myself, as long as I'm not cheating. <laughs> I could see myself going too far. Now, know? now here's – but let me zig into what I was saying about Ronnie. Ronnie lies on his back when he's doing this stuff. Yes. He, he, he talks about his, his tush being his man C, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Doesn't he? Yes, he does. <laughs> and and he, if he was, when he was hypnotized and they told him he was a girl, he was tantalized by that. Yeah. And so I think that that's part of what he's getting, you know, what the arousal that he's getting from it. I don't think you do that. I think you just like the straight out – Intensity. I just like 
dropping loads. I mean, <laughs> and I feel like however that happens, that good. Yeah, thumbs up. And if I discover that I can have that with my wife putting snorkels and avocados, <laughs> I might, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'd be buying I, I, all the avocados. I, I don't want you to end up in the emergency room. Okay, so avocados going to get you there. All right, that's all I'm saying. All right. Dude, I'm learning. A, I'm learning so much. Thank you. Yes, it was I'm a learning, real, so. real pleasure having you on the show. Honestly, Thanks it was a real me. pleasure to meet you. Oh, uh, is there anything you'd like to promote? Anything else you'd like to pimp out? Oh, what I got? Um, I just said Benjamin with uh, yeah. with uh, Dr. Drew. That's Drew coming Gary. out in the fall. Yeah. Um, I got a film called Alpha Wolf. It's a werewolf film that's Ooh. coming out probably this summer. Should be this and if summer. you see a giant guy in a huge black duster and a huge <laughs> hat, and if you happen to come across him at a, at a premiere, it will freak you the hell out. <laughs> just say this hello. Guy. Now you know. <laughs> you can say hello to him. He's a very, very cordial Canadian. Uh, dude, Don't be thanks. scared. Thanks for having me, man. This yeah, is my pleasure. Show. Thank you, you so much. Thanks, yeah. Dr. I appreciate it. Thank you. I want to mention our friends at Bergamot Sport, a supplement that provides all the cardiovascular benefits of the original Bergamot, but with additional additives designed to aid athletes and those with active lifestyles. Bergamot Sport is recommended and used by professional and college athletes throughout the world, helps them improve stamina, reduce recovery time, and muscle inflammation. Bergamot Sport is informed sport certified, so athletes can feel confident that it's all natural and it has been banned substance tested. But even if you're not a pro athlete or just getting a workout once a week or so, Bergamot Sport is still worth a try. It can help you work out harder, recover easier, without worrying about being sore or tired the next day. I've used the products myself. I've recommended them to patients. We use them in our family. And I've done so just as physicians and cardiologists around the world have done. And Bergamot Plus is excellent for what's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which has just passed all other forms of liver disease in terms of causing cirrhosis. So it's something that is... So it's something that is a major health issue presently and needs to be paid attention to. For a limited time, our listeners can save 10% on their order by entering code DRDREW at checkout. That is D-R-D-R-E-W, all one word. Try Bergamot Sport for yourself. Visit bergamot.com. That is B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T.com. Or just click the Bergamot banner at drdrew.com. Hey, everybody. It is the Swole Patrol Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Catherwood. And Dr. Drew is at Dr. Drew, of course. Join the email list today. Send your questions at drdrew.com slash contact and put Swole at the top of the email so we can get your comments. And this will get you a weekly email reminder with a link to this show and all the great shows that Dr. Drew and I do and all the shows that Dr. Drew does by himself and, of course, with Adam Carolla, the great ace man. Please tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes. Don't forget to rate us five stars. And on Podbean or Google Play, all three help us out. We also are on YouTube slash Dr. Drew, and I uh, hope you can give us all your comments, even if they're if you're a troll and you want to destroy our feelings and our emotions. Support our sponsors and the show. Click on the banners on drdrew.com for the links to, uh, to products. For special discounts for the products, Dr. Drew and I endorse 100%. Send questions and comments to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Swole Patrol Podcast, or on Twitter at Swole Patrol Pod. Also, browse drdrew.com for the This Life podcast that I co-host on occasion and all the other shows available like uh, Adam and Dr. Drew and the This Life podcast. A lot of great stuff. Um, don't forget to check me out on uh, K-Rock in the mornings on the Kevin and Bean Show. And uh, be good. Be swole. Hashtag Swole Patrol.